Welcome to Epsion Sports, episode number 170. I'm your host, Mark Hepsher, alongside Toronto Mike. And today on the show, a half century without a title was plenty long enough for the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans. And it topped off an unforgettable 2019 sports season. I know we're into 20. I know that. Enough people have wished me a happy new year, you know, till the end of January and into February if I haven't seen you. But come on. It's considered the 2019 football season. It just happens to end the following year. Right? But think about the four major championship winners that never won before any of them, except for this one that it took them 50 years between their their championships. So it's fantastic. I love it. And it's a refreshing change in professional sports. It's good to see the new teams and the new coaches taking the mantle away from the old favorites. I don't want to say Tom Brady, but hey, we didn't miss him that much. And hopefully that trend continues this season as the Toronto Maple Leafs and rookie head coach Sheldon Keefe make a run for the playoffs and beyond. As of this moment, they are in a postseason position that could change tonight. They play the Florida Panthers, who are right behind them in the standings. The Battle of Alberta used to mean something, then it meant nothing. Now it's meaningful again. What did you think of the goalie brawl, the line brawl, 80s-style <laughs> hockey? A lot of people are disgusted with it. I'm not. The Toronto Raptors have reeled off a club tying 11 straight wins quietly. Nobody paying that much attention to them. a lot of other stuff going on. And yet another Raptor sets a personal scoring record, and you got two key guys out of the lineup, and still you're winning games. Injuries. Poor Norm Powell, Gasol hurting again, but still the Raptors move on. Fantastic. They could set a club record tomorrow. Women's Tennessee is another first-time Grand Slam winner, and it's Black History Month. Folks, to commemorate this special time, TSN decided to highlight a number of black Canadian male athletes and ignore the outstanding black <laughs> female athletes that this country has produced. That's all ahead. But first, Mike, hail to the Chiefs, Super Bowl. Did you uh, did you watch? Did you enjoy? What kind of food did you have? What did you think of the halftime show? Did the kids watch? I have so many questions for you. I definitely watched. Uh, of course, I always watch the Super Bowl. I thought it started entertaining. Uh, then I felt it kind of went to sleep for a while. Are you talking then, about uh, the game or the, the broadcast? Game. <laughs> when did you start watching the television? Oh, the pregame probably show around started. six o'clock. I started oh yeah, watching. yeah. When oh, did you yeah. start watching? So you missed the four-hour pregame, the six-hour, eleven-hour. Oh pre-game yeah, show. I had things to do. Like I yeah, had, uh, yeah. I'm wondering if the <laughs> I wonder if the day of the Grey Cup or the day of the Super Bowl, which pregame show is longer from the originating network? Like which? Is, like oh, Super Bowl probably is it? I don't know. I, the Grey Cup one usually is like all afternoon. It started at eleven a.m. or something like that. It's a long day. When did you start tuning in? Uh, we, uh, uh, my brother threw a little Super Bowl party, so we got there about, I guess, about a quarter to six or so. And no one's ever sure what time the kickoff is. They say around 6.30, but I don't know. I think it was about quarter to seven last night. Oh, I, I Googled it prior because I needed to know. Oh, you need to know when kickoff. It said 6.40 was the kickoff. And it that was did, about did right. appear that, that it was about kicked right. off okay. at 6.40. Was it, did it say 6.40? Because it used to be 6.19 or 6.18, whatever the case was. You start tuning in around 6. You get your 45-minute preview. Yeah, you want to see the anthem. You got the anthem. You want America the Beautiful. You want And the beautiful thing about it is you can make comments. You can sit watching television with other people. And it's not like everyone has to Shh, be quiet. Right. We have to hear Like, is she lip syncing or not? You can have a debate. But not even during the National Anthem. Just the pregame <laughs> chatter with the stuff. Right. Oh, look, there's the official. Oh, look, there's a heads. And there's the official explaining. Right. Welcome. Uh, this is heads. This is tails. And then he d- goes through the whole, you know, motion thing. And so you can talk during that. You can chit-chat. And so people are usually making fun of something or pointing out something on the broadcast. Like, oh, who's that? And what's the, uh, what are the odds? And then, of course, there's the over-under. Will Demi Lovato sing the Star Spangled Banner in more than two minutes or less <laughs> than two minutes? You know, we went with the under. I think it was a minute 49. All these prop bets that you can have. So so when they use the word transcend, this is the perfect example. The Super Bowl transcends football. 
people who couldn't wouldn't know what a football was compared to a hockey puck right. are interested in the Super Bowl because it's not the football game. It's everything around it. It's an event. It, right. It transcends football. Right. So for the first time that I can remember, my sister-in-law, who just doesn't really like sports, and I can even say dislikes sports because of the fact that when she was a kid, her three brothers and her father were always watching sports on TV, uh. and she could never watch her show or figure skating or whatever. So there's kind of that. But anyway, so surprisingly and beautifully, she was like, come on, yeah, come over. It's because it's the Super Bowl. It's interesting. I want to see the halftime show. I want to see the Stars Matt. I want to see what kind of the colors are like, and I want to see the excitement of it all. I want to get caught up in all that, even though I'm not a football fan. Right. And there's a lot, a lot of people. Most people are like that. You know, they don't, they're not going to watch a football game. Maybe they might watch some of the playoffs. For sure they're going to watch the Super Bowl, but they, might, they, they probably don't watch more than like a minute of any regular season game, unless you're a diehard fan of that team. No, absolutely. I did see a tweet from Jan Arden, though. Uh, Jan Arden! <laughs> right. That she was very proudly ignoring the entire event because she could not care less. And then I saw a bunch of people replying to say, I'm also not watching. Like, there seemed to be a lot of people finding some solidarity in the fact that they were actually going to opt out of this uh, huge event. But I do tune in, but I do like Why sports. Why do you think no? that is? Why do you think? It's a, it's a protest against the, the, the brutality of football, against the commercialism. What exactly? Uh, probably all of the above, but primarily against sports. I think that, which is, I don't know. Oh, so I, it's okay to cheer for your team in the Olympics, your sporting team in the Olympics, but you don't want to go so far as to uh, actually support the Super Bowl, which is football, which causes injuries like CTE, which are, you know, damaged families and uh, lifetime, oh, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, oh, yeah, come on. I just watched that Aaron Hernandez documentary. What did you think? Fantastic. Was that not tremendous? Wow. Was yeah. that like, and that, if wasn't, anyone's watched, that was like a three part, it was like a mini three hours. Yeah, like three, three parts. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Fantastic. So if anyone uh, listening to us or watching yeah. us on Periscope or Facebook uh, hasn't seen this on Netflix, do it yeah, because really it's good. tremendous. So um, even though we're well into the new year, the 2019 uh, season will go down in sports history for having so many first-time winners and or long-time losers reaching the championship. It, you know, it seems that for a long period of time, if you took, and I'm talking about the four major sports, and my apologies to um, um, Major League Soccer and uh, um, um, the National Lacrosse League. CFL? Uh, no, no apologies to them because it's... <laughs> what? Nah, it's not the same. Um, but generally, the four major sports, of course, are the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. And so I'm thinking, you know, think about a year ago, a year ago, who were the defending champions? You had the New England Patriots, and you had, you know, the Houston Astros, and that kind of thing. And now... Red Sox, right? Red Sox were the year before that. But what happened to all these other teams in the past year? So I'm thinking, wait a second, Raptors, of course, first one I thought of. But we don't think of it as much as... Hey, it was our first ever. You know what I mean? We don't go, hey, that was our first ever championship since, you know, the franchise began. That's sort of overlooked, mm. right, as part of the whole scheme. We enjoyed it all. It was a great season. We had Kawhi, all that stuff. But we didn't go all those years of not winning a championship. See, we hadn't, the Raptors hadn't reached the finals a few times. Right. Or even gotten to the semifinals and come into the final four as the Leafs had done during, you know, a long time. And it was only 25 years. And it was 25 years, so it wasn't at the point where you're like, oh, it's been so many years and all these other squads. So we hadn't reached that with the Raptors. But still, the Raptors won their first ever NBA title under rookie coach Nick Nurse. Right? Replace Dwayne Casey, bring in Nick Nurse, go get a Kawhi Leonard, win a championship. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. But think about it. Right around the same time, the St. Louis Blues won their first ever Stanley Cup. They came into the league in 1967, won their first ever 
ever. Very similar to the Kansas City Chiefs. A Midwestern team had been hadn't done anything in years. You know, we're a once proud franchise that had kind of fallen into disrepair and uh, made their way. It was great. Fantastic to Did see. Did you see the president of the United States thought that the Kansas City Chiefs were uh, based in Kansas, the state of Kansas? Well, here's the thing. You see, he's not the only one. Really? I think, in I think, 1985, I learned it was in Missouri. Yeah, but that's you. But that's you. But I've got to think, I, I think a lot of people just, you know, and there is a Kansas City, that's Kansas. Yeah. There is there a is Kansas one. City, Kansas, right? And you, you think, you know, it would be like Missouri City. Where's that? In Kansas? Yeah, but he's the president. Right? He's supposed to know that. Is he, though? But is <laughs> yes, he? But really, he is. is that a requirement? How low is, is that, that a requirement? Is it a requirement to know? Really, what state the Super Bowl champions are in is, I don't know, right? In the grand scheme of things, you know, if you were to ask how many Americans, you know, were to think that Kansas City, the football team or the baseball team were in Kansas, you might be surprised. You might be. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, Sorry. They won their one. They they, they won. Their first time in 50 years. but So anyway, so we got the St. Louis Blues. So they win their first. Craig Berube was like, a, he had just been appointed earlier that season. I think it was his third year of coaching in the NHL. Uh, the Washington Nationals, who used to be the Montreal Expos, won their first ever franchise World Series under second-year manager Dave Martinez, who used to be an Expo. That was exciting. That wasn't that exciting for us, but had you been a Washington Nationals slash Montreal Expos fan... You know, that's a long drought. That's since 1969. It's very long. Yeah, the, but blues, the blues and the Nationals. Yeah, that's but the franchise drought. had been broken up and moved to Washington. But still, as far as a franchise went, it, was a, um, it had been an incredibly long drought. And the drought was broken. And then once and now, once again, the Chiefs. So in that 2019 season, you had so many. Look, look if you include people like Bianca, just from the Canadian standpoint, Bianca Andrescu, just some of the young rising stars and teams, you know, the Patrick Mahomes. Look at the, look at the age of some of these athletes um, that are part of these teams that are the up-and-coming. This is what you want. You want, the, you, know, you want the old guys out pretty soon, and, and now these new guys are coming in, young coaches, younger players, the future of sports, not the same franchises every single year. You know, new blood. It's great to see. I love oh, yeah, it. Yeah, it's Fantastic. nice to see a Mahomes get his first uh, ring at 24. Wow. First player in history to win the regular season MVP, which he won last year at the age of 23, and the Super Bowl MVP, which he won yesterday, to win both of those before the age of 25. Wow. KC 31, San Francisco 20, final score in the Super Bowl. And you know what? Mahomes admitted that he wasn't at his best, but he was good enough to bring the Chiefs back from a double-digit deficit for the third time in these playoffs. It had never been That's done unbelievable. before. unbelievable. He raced a 10.9er uh, lead and put up 21 points in the final six minutes and 13 seconds, hitting two long passes on, the, on two of the last three touchdown drives. The game reminiscent of the two previous comeback victories by the Chiefs this winter. Remember, they trailed 24-0 <laughs> to the Texans and 17-7 and came back to win both those games. And they were down 20-10 to in this one. But 61-year-old coach Andy Reid helped engineer a comeback against a Niners team that was constantly, it seemed to me for almost the entire game, like pressuring Mahomes, putting the pressure on him, flushing him out of the pocket, making him hurry his passes for like three quarters plus. And then for some reason, he managed, I guess they said, you know, we got we to gotta thwart this defense. Roll out, get out of the pocket a little bit, give yourself some space, run a few times, stretch the defense. And what does he do? He hadn't thrown, I don't think he had thrown a pass more than 20 yards the entire game. What does he do? He hits Tyreek Hill for 44 yards on one drive, leads to a touchdown. And then 38 yards to Sammy Watkins for another touchdown. And then Damian Williams runs for 38 yards and a touchdown near the end of the game to seal the deal. And KC just like, it's almost like, oh, they'll come back. And you know what? Yeah. 
I'd been thinking about the rat. We'll get to the Raptors. I'd been thinking about the Raptors lately. That's the way the Raptors are. Doesn't matter how much they're down by. They came back from 30. Once you come back from 30, you are capable of coming back in any game, which means that the team has confidence that they can come back. But more importantly, the opposition goes, wait a minute. These guys have come back before. And San Francisco with a 20 to 10 lead must have been thinking, you know, this game is far from over. And even the announcers were like, oh, there's way too much. Lots of times. Six minutes is an eternity. Ten points, two score for Kansas City. Don't even think about it. So you got that in the back of your mind. But this is a championship game. San Francisco is a pretty good football team. Right. Their defense had you know, Mahomes all over the place. They had them, you know, um, not they couldn't figure out what was going on. But there's just something about a great athlete and a well-coached team where the confidence is everything. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. Let's do what we did two weeks ago. And they did. Well, have they not only... Did the the Kansas City Chiefs uh, come back from you know double digit deficits in the three playoff games? But then they won all those games by double digits. So it's not yeah. only did you come back from double digits, you ended up winning by double digits. Wow. And apparently, the rest of the league's quarterbacks combined have only done that twice in the playoffs, and he did it three times in these playoffs. Correct. That's unbelievable. Here's the telling stat. Okay, fourth quarter points in the playoffs this year: Kansas City forty five, their opponents <laughs> seven. It's like rope-a-dope. Amazing. Right? Is that the move? Rope-a-dope? You know? Just, yeah. uh... <laughs> Although, I th- you know, there were times where, and listen, I mean, they get beat a pretty good Niners team, but I thought the Niners, I thought their coach, Kyle Shannon, I don't know what he was thinking. Near the end of the first half, the score was 10-10. The Niners had come back to tie the game with a great drive. They just steamrolled Kansas City's defense. I think four straight first downs on long plays, and then the touchdown. It was a very... Sh- it was a short play, a drive, I think six plays, and they just stormed down the field to tie the game. And then they held Kansas City, and there was about a minute and a half to go in the first half. They had all three of their time out San Francisco. They were going to get the ball, but they let the clock run down. Uh, it was Casey's fourth down, and they allowed the clock to run down to like right around a minute uh, before Casey punted the ball. And I was thinking, well, like, why would he do that? Why wouldn't he use one of his timeouts now with a minute 30 to go? He's got two timeouts left. He forces Kansas. Kansas is always going to punt anyway. They punt even if it's down to the 20-yard line. Now you got it at your own 20. You got a minute 30 to go with two timeouts. Plenty of time to at right. least get into field goal range. But he didn't. And then he took more time. And then they threw up, he threw this pass to Kittle, which was complete. But then Kittle got charged for uh, offensive pass interference where he pushed off on the yeah. defender. So I'm thinking, like, what was the coach doing? Was he trying to score points? Or was he not trying to score but what points? what did you think of that call? Because it was such a huge yeah, that, call. Yeah, that was a big call. It was so call. questionable. But, but I was bothered by it, because not that I, I was rooting for KC, but I was kind of going, like, what's with, the, what's, with, what's with San Francisco? Are they trying not to score points here at the end of the first half? Or are they trying? If they were trying to score points, they would have called timeout a lot earlier and done something. And then they ran the ball, and then they said, oh, let's try a pass. Which was complete, and then it was just weird. It was a big play, and I was, was surprised huge, they uh, it was a huge threw a flag play. on that one. Yeah. I, um, I was and I wasn't. It, it was pretty obvious that he, he did push off. Now, whether that's okay with the ball in the air, you know it's not. If the defender were to do that, the defender would have got a call for pass interference. And it was a pretty obvious, um, I think it was a pretty obvious call. And plus also on the Fox broadcast, they've got uh, the guys right there. they got the ref right there. Right. For ref. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely a penalty, you know, for sure. You know, any, any official will call that one. Okay, thanks very much. Um, so, yeah, the Chiefs win. Fabulous. Um, happy ending. Love the, my favorite Pat Mahomes story is, um, 
him and his, uh, I, I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but anyway, him and his significant other were dining, the two of them, in a local restaurant, a pizza joint they call pizza restaurant, near where they live in Kansas City. The place was packed. Everybody knew that it was Mahomes, right? Nobody went up and asked for an autograph. Nobody bothered him during dinner. Nobody asked for a selfie. Wow. He left the restaurant, and on the way out of the restaurant, they sort of, you know, he paid the bill or whatever, and then and then as they're leaving, he turned, and because he, he knew everyone in the restaurant was looking at him. <laughs> he turned, and he said, this is why I love Kansas City. Thank you for allowing us to enjoy our meal tonight. All right? Thank you. Love you, Kansas City. Turned, walked out. Only afterwards did all the patrons find out that he had picked up the tab oh, wow. for everybody in the restaurant. It's a great story. Now, I know of people who would do this, for example, let's say it's been done for where they'll make the announcement, oh, and by the way, dinner's on me, and then leave, you know, to him. But he didn't, man. He just sort of said, hey, thanks for whatever. And everyone was feeling really, really good about themselves. Going, yeah, man, I wanted to go over there, but I wanted to respect him. We're not like that. We're not like New York. We're not like L.A. with the paparazzi. And then to find out that he picked up the tab for your meal, it's like, oh, come on. The greatest. Now, you know his dad, of course, is a Major League Baseball. Absolutely. Major I met him, yeah. I, mean, I interviewed him before, Patrick Mahomes. Did you know his brother is a TikTok star? I don't know what... I, just, I should first ask, no. do you know what TikTok is? I, I do and I don't. No. Should so I yeah, know? Patrick Mahomes' brother is apparently, I, my wife told me this, is okay. apparently a uh, right. TikTok star. Okay, there you go. TikTok. <laughs> I'm not aware of it. I know it's very popular amongst... It's social media for young people. Yeah, that's good. Okay, let, them, let them enjoy. So all in all, a pretty good game. Um, Can I get your review of the, ha of the halftime show? Halftime show, I... Listen, Shakira's 43 years old. J-Lo is 50 years old. <laughs> These two were fantastic. They were fantastic. Now, um, what did I think of the choreography and stuff like that? That's not for me to say. They, they do. That's a tough job to get out there in 30 minutes, 25 minutes, and put on a great show. I thought they were fantastic. I loved it. I'm a fan of Shakira, and, I, and I'm a fan of J-Lo as well. And I think, you know, I think, you know, more power to them. I, I, I enjoyed uh, the music. I enjoyed the outfits they were wearing. I think it's great to see, uh, you know, powerful women out there. Uh, and But most importantly, you don't get the... You, when men perform, they can't sex it up the way women can. They, and that's the only way I can think of it. These, <laughs> these two are glamorous. They're beautiful. Uh, they're, they're vivacious. They're, you know, sexy. Can I say it? Sure, of course. They're sexy. They're you beautiful women, right? And they're so talented and in great shape and everything like that. When the men do it, you just—it's not the same. You don't have a bunch of women going, "Come on, let's gather around the TV set and they watch, do for Justin and watch Timberlake. Bruno Mars or Justin Timberlake <laughs> shake their hips." I know what you mean. So you know, for someone to go, "Oh, that's sexy" or whatever, "Oh, that's not football." Hey, listen, let me tell you something. I don't care if you're a redneck from Oklahoma or you're an urban guy from New York, whatever the case is, it doesn't matter. You're watching that, going, "Man, this is this is good. I liked it." Yeah. Were you not entertained? That's I, was I, entertained. <laughs> I was entertained. I was entertained. And you know what else? I wasn't sure if we're, again, I'm never sure when I see the commercials, if we're seeing the American commercials. I know we're not seeing the American commercials. Some of them, though, are definitely some, both, both but, networks. But, some, I, but the thing is, I don't know what we missed until right. the next day or later when I watch them on YouTube. But I do know that this commercial, this Hyundai spot with the car that parks itself. Yes. It's called the Smart, Boston one. Smart Pack. It's Smart Pack, okay? Because you're from Boston. Pack the car. And so I thought it was great. John Krasinski and, uh, you know. Uh, Chris uh, Evans. 
Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Captain America. Captain that's America. Evans, right? What's and, her name uh, from Saturday Dra- Night Live? Dratch, Rachel Dratch. Yeah, from Saturday Night Live. And they're all Boston comics. So they, you know, they, that's the way they tack in Boston. And so they got, well, you Dorchester? Yeah, I was in Dorchester. You know, nothing? Yeah, nothing. It was great. Fabulous commercial. And then, of course, uh, Poppy, Big Poppy makes a cameo yeah, from right. the upper window. So I like that, but I wasn't sure. I didn't get to see the Cheetos commercial or the Reese's commercial or some of the other ones that were run, only run on US TV. We got the what's, what's up with the smart speakers and everything. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And I kept, you know, we kept seeing that Tide commercial. Were the states getting that one? I guess that's yeah. the, the Charlie guy. I, and, I don't uh, know. That didn't do anything for me. And I, I didn't notice that many of them. But the other thing is that's good about it is that the commercials, you know, you'll watch it and go, is this a commercial? Yeah. Have I seen this? No. Where's this going and what's it for? Yeah. You know, even the opening commercial for the NFL that had the kids running and th- right. going through Mardi Gras. Joe Montana other, and everything. Joe Montana and Drew Brees throwing and Mardi right. Gras and then running onto the field. That was cool. I liked that. Yeah, very entertaining. That was entertaining. It was yeah. a fun night. It was a fun night. All right, let's get to some basketball. The Raptors tied a franchise record by winning their 11th straight game. Woo! 11 in a row. Wow. And they don't have a full squad for crying out loud. 11 straight games. Hang on a second. What's going on here? Oh, uh, 129-102. The Raptors can just pile the points on. Now, it's true they beat the Chicago Bulls. Well, that was Bulls. an easy one. Yeah. Well, you, me, and your kids could knock up. <laughs> probably give the Bulls a pretty good run. Uh, that was yesterday at Scotiabank Arena. Toronto trailed 63-60 at halftime and then outscored the Bulls by 30 in the second half to seal their fourth straight win on Super Bowl Sunday. Did you know that? They're no. Un- the Raptors are, you can't beat this team on Super Bowl Sunday. Amazing. I had no idea. I'm not sure that means much, but that's exciting. Well, it did yesterday. (laughs) The big story, the performance of rookie Terrence Davis. Two days after being snubbed for the NBA's Rising Stars game. And by the way, Leo Routens is dead bang on when he says Rising Stars is about a player that maybe wasn't expected to be a star. is a, Not an already star, a number one overall draft pick. Terrence Davis is the epitome of a rising star. Undrafted. That's a rising star. That's someone who wasn't expected to run. So Leo's explained this, and I'm going, he's absolutely right. That right. rising stars game isn't for the guy it's who was the snub. No, isn't the guy who was the number one overall pick. I mean, Zion Williamson is not a guy for the rising stars game. He's already a star. That's not true. a rising star. This is the biggest snub since Adam Sandler didn't get a Best Actor nomination for Uncut Gems. Hebsey, I hear Uncut Gems. You have to see I know, it. I know. It's amazing. You know what? A few people I watched it yesterday. It it's amazing. Okay, don't tell me anymore. Is it's it on, great. It You'll ne- love it. Netflix? It's on Netflix. See, I don't have Netflix. Just got the Netflix. Oh, you got to borrow somebody's no, password. No, I don't do that. I'm, I got Crave. When it comes on Crave, I'll watch it. Or I'll watch it uh, somewhere else. Um, so anyway, so Davis, 31 points, okay? That's a career high. 12 of 15 shooting, including 6 of 7 from three-point range. And when he drained the sixth one, the, the bench went not The place went crazy. 13 points in the fourth quarter, all in just 28 minutes. Off the bench. Off the bench. A rookie. Now, with Norm Powell suffering a broken finger the other day, and the day before that, I believe Marcus Gasol was at his hamstring again, the same one, the quad up there for the second time this season, then that means big minutes for guys like Davis, Patrick McCaw, and Chris Boucher, who all got a lot more playing time, stepped up with big games yesterday. Raptors got a chance to rest their regulars. I think Pascal only played 27 or 28 minutes. Beautiful. You need that. Raptors solidly in second place in the East, two games clear of Boston, but still six and a half games back of the Bucks. Here's what's happening. Milwaukee is so good during the regular season that they can't help but falter in the playoffs. And the Raptors are going to win the East this year. And the Raptors... I made a mistake when I said that the Leafs were going to not lose in January. I meant the Raptors. And listen, (laughs) I want to tell you, they might end up, by the time the playoffs arrive, they might be a better team. Team than they were last year. Why? Team. 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 You might be right. Team. You're right. Because when all... Not a better... when they're when they're top eight are healthy, and I think it's only been three games this year where your top eight guys are actually all in the lineup, 
I, <laughs> hell of a team. Look at what they've been doing with guys that are injured. I struggle with this debate because I refuse to believe who, that this better? team could be like I, for example, you, you took, don't, if you took last year's Raptors, yeah, the twenty eighteen, whatever that was, yeah, yeah. that was last year's Raptors, yeah, yeah. whatever, that whatever that is, I can't. There's two yeah. years that overlaps, but right. last year's Raptors, and you, if they could play against this year's Raptor and everyone's healthy, yeah. and they could have a game, last year's Raptors wins that game. Yeah, maybe. So that one game. This is a better. You say seven, better team, but, but you over mean over seven games again, and it's a it's a fun comparison to make. I don't know if it is or not, but I just. Man, that's the way this team. It's almost like last year we were kind of just getting to know each other, and we just getting to know Kawhi, and right. da, 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 and we still won. This year it's like, oh, we know each other. We know what we knew. If Kyle's hitting the threes, great. But if he's not, man, we can give. There's Norm. There's Fred Van Vliet. Oh, look, there's Serge over there. Oh, there's Gasol. Oh, 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 OG hasn't done much this year, but you know what? Nice and quietly. Oh yeah, and then again, there's Siakam. Forgot right. about him. Oh, duh. So you can go any which way. Mm -hmm. I, you know, think of the nights that they just can't shoot, but they still win with great defense. Oh, I would love to win the East again. With oh, Oak my Hawaii. God. Two things real quick. That Davis uh, 31, that's the most points ever by a Raptor rookie who right. came off the bench. Yeah. I See, have to say that. Yeah, these are these sub <laughs> these are these subcategories where it's, you know, where somebody comes along and says, geez, what is the record for a Raptor rookie coming off the bench right. in points? Coming off the non-starting right. rookie. Right. Non-starting. Right. Versus what's the record for someone who wasn't a rookie? Right, like a Vince up. Carter like, or, or No, no, like a Lou Williams. Did Lou Williams come off the bench and score more than 31 once? If he wasn't a rookie. But he wasn't a rookie, but this is a rookie record. So, yeah, <laughs> I need context, Mike. I need what's the non-rookie record for most points coming off the bench. I hear you. You want to know what the... Yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. know, did someone have more than 31 who wasn't a rookie? I think it was A.C. Earl, I think. A.C. He... did not have 31 . No way. Yeah, he I'm did. Lou Williams a, he did. He did. He had, I think he hit 41. Get out of here. And yeah, we'll look it up, I'm sure. Stop I remember it. the game. Okay, quick quick, <laughs> uh, quick Periscope question, though. Somebody just wants to know real quickly, yeah. where, where can they buy that hat you're wearing? The hat that I'm wearing? Oh, you don't remember what hat oh, you're wearing? Oh, yeah, you the can Toronto get this Maple at uh, Christy Pitts in Toronto during the Toronto Maple Leafs inter-county baseball season. Go to the press box, okay? It's a little bit. You walk in, and Jack Dominico, who's the president of the Toronto Maple Leaf inter-county baseball club, uh, will sell you one of these hats. He's got them. Like, he's got a box of them. I think they're 10 bucks, 20 bucks. I think it's 20 bucks. Great hat. And what this is, is this is the logo of the Toronto Maple Leaf baseball team. But for many years back in the 60s, Punch Imlac would wear a hat, the coach of the Toronto Maple Leaf hockey team, would wear a hat with this logo on it. So it's a Toronto Maple Leafs logo, but it's the original baseball Toronto Maple Leafs. For the inter-county baseball league. But before that, this was the logo for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, AAA baseball team. That was around for... The one that played where the tip-top tailors You is. got it. Yeah. Played from the 20s. Maple Leaf Stadium. The 20s right through to the late 60s. Yeah. Correct. So there you go. That's, that's, a, that's a Toronto logo. So there you go. So Jack Dominico. So once baseball season starts in, I think in April, I guess, in April or... No, May. It would be May at, at Christie Pitts. Okay. Just go there and like this, they'll sell them there or just knock on the door of the press box. Jack will be there. Just say, hi, Hebsey told me can, oh. I can buy a ticket. Because Mark's been, a, this guy, Mark, who's watching us right now, was, yeah. has been looking for years for that hat. And you just gave him some great info. There you go. Okay. That's why you listen to him on right. sports. Jack, you know, if Jack's watching this podcast, he's going to, uh, listening to the podcast, he's going to jack the price up to $25. All right, so the Raptors in second place, two games clear of Boston, six and a half back of the Bucks, off until Wednesday when they go for the franchise record 12th consecutive win against the Indiana Pacers at the Scotiabank Arena. Now, I'm a little worried. The Raps might reel off like 20 wins in a row, but I don't think that, Heaven they, I don't think they will burn out in the playoffs because of their team, the way Milwaukee might. Milwaukee's just off to an incredible, like, every game. Raptors, you know, 11 games is nice. 12 is nice. I'm not sure I want to see them win 20 games in a row and take that because, really, they're gonna, it's going to be meaningless. 
Unless they can overtake Milwaukee. It's for more fun to win than lose. It's definitely that's more a weird fun to mentality. Win. I know it is. I want to save those wins. Save those. It doesn't work that way. Save those wins for you the can't playoffs. Bank them. Like they did with Kawhi. Oh, they banked wins with Kawhi. When Kawhi sat 22 games last year. We did year, very well without him. They banked. Listen. He sat 22 games last year. You're right. not telling me they banked five playoff wins? Five of those playoff wins. You don't think they no. banked five with him sitting 22? Do you know our record without Kawhi in the lineup last year? It was lights <laughs> 17 out. 17 and five. It's a lights out. I know it is. I know. I know. I know. Uh, okay, so then, um, so yeah, they got Indiana to break the record uh, for their 12th straight win. That's Wednesday at the SBA. Friday, they're in They're in Indianapolis. I always had trouble saying that. In, 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 in Indianapolis. They're in Indy. Right, right. In India, you can't it's even you can't even mention the name of the state instead of you know you can, you can only say they're in the Hoosier state, you know, to take on <sighs> right. the Pacers. But they're in Indiana. They're in Indiana. Yeah, in Indy to, for the easier than Indianapolis. And then Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. Not exactly in Toronto. That's in Montreal. That'd be the Leafs Habs. But basketball night in Canada. Yes, the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Raptors. Okay, at the Scotiabank Arena Saturday night. Basketball in Toronto. Love it. Uh, the Leafs on a roll and just in time after falling four points out of a playoff spot, the Buds reeled off their third straight win on Saturday, beating Ottawa in overtime two to one uh, on a um, on a power play. It was the weirdest. I mean, the overtime was nuts. Right. Ottawa, I don't know, had a power play and they couldn't score. And then the Leafs scored a power play with four forwards on the ice. And But it was Ottawa. I mean, they were, you know, life and death to beat Ottawa. But still, and now they've got a chance because tonight the team that's they're battling for that third position in the Atlantic because they don't want to get into the wild card race. The Florida Panthers happen to be at the Scotiabank Arena tonight. So this is the old-time four-pointer, Mike. Right. These are the divisional four-pointers. These were the games you loved, the four-pointer, right? If the Leafs can win this game, they pull four ahead of, of Florida. Florida will still have two games in hand. But if Florida wins tonight, they're even with the Leafs again. And with two games in hand, they're actually ahead of them. And that's, I think that's the way it works in the standings, is the team that's played the last number of games. It's percentage. It's based on your win percentage. So Florida would have more wins, uh, points versus the percentage available, blah, blah, stuff like that. So you got six teams fighting for four spots right now. The four spots would be the third place spots in the Atlantic and the Metropolitan Division. And then whoever's not in those are fighting for the wild card spots. Right. What, what I do like, though, is that we're essentially in the playoffs now. This is the playoffs yeah, now, right? right? So yes. it's like when you do hit the real playoffs, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you're already in that mode of uh, well, fighting you, for your life. Well, you are when you're playing a divisional rival. Like right. you're play, And they got Montreal Saturday night, right? They got, and they got the Rangers in between. Actually, it's a, they got a, it's a funny week this uh, week for the Leafs. So, you know, you got your Monday night game against Florida. There's a massive. I mean, a win would really set the week on fire. Uh, they've got the Rangers at MSG on Wednesday. They come back to host the Mighty Ducks on Friday, right? You so know, hockey they're not mighty can't. anymore. <laughs> not so Mighty Ducks on Friday. And then they go to Montreal for Saturday's uh, game against the Habs. And you never know what those games. Montreal right. could be playing horseshit hockey, and then, but it's the Leafs coming to town, that right. rivalry. So that's, a pretty, that's four games this week. That's a busy week for the Maple Leafs. Busy, busy week. We need uh, points. We've got to get points, and we've got to beat the Panthers tonight. We've got to beat them in regulation. We've got to. We cannot let these guys hang around. They beat us last time. Made us look bad. For those who like old-time hockey, there was that line brawl in Calgary. You knew this was percolating when Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk went at it, what, a couple weeks ago now? And, oh, the Battle of Alberta, and it didn't mean anything for years, and now it means something. Remember the days when Tim Hunter would fight Marty McSorley? And, you know, naming all these, you know, name all the brawls from, you know, all those years of Calgary against Edmonton, right? Which, which in southern Ontario, we weren't part of as much. You know, we didn't get to, because those games weren't always televised here or whatever. So it wasn't the same thing. You'd see the highlights, 
but it wasn't. But in if you live out there and you watch those games, you're like you're glued to the television. I guess it would be like Habs versus Nordiques, right? That yeah, kinda. yeah. It's, and it's the way. Actually, the way the the Leafs never had that same kind of a rival, you know, where they punched the hell out of each other. Was that except if you go back to the Norris Division when they would play Detroit or they would play Minnesota or St. Louis, and you'd have those heavyweight battles where you know each team had three or four guys that could chuck the knuckles. Yeah, Not Tony now. Twist and all that. Yeah, oh man, Tony <laughs> Twist, Kelly Chase, are you kidding? All those guys. Yeah. Right. Uh, so now, so it's a rare thing now, but you knew this was percolating. So the other night in uh, Edmonton. The uh, Flames win in overtime uh, in the shootout where David Riddich, the Calgary goalie, makes the save to win the game and then flips his goal stick a la uh, Jose Bautista. Gives it the stick flip. And so after the game, the Oiler players were like, oh, you know, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. And, you know, he was disrespecting us, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, you just got beaten at home. So now the second half of the doubleheader is a couple nights later. It's in Calgary and Edmonton scores on their first seven shots on goal or something like, oh, like, like Calgary's down three, nothing in the first, like people hadn't even gotten into their seats yet. And now the home team is down and now they're getting angry now because you know what I mean? They, they just won the other night in Edmonton. They're feeling pretty good about themselves and they know that Matthew Kachuk had already gotten into it. He had dropped the gloves. He didn't turtle. Okay. And now they're getting their asses kicked at home. It's embarrassing. And the fans are now booing and now a fight breaks out. And then another fight breaks out and Kachuk gets into it. And now the goalies, now the goaltenders are getting into it. Because right. remember, Goalie the Edmonton guys were pissed off, man. And now um, you got Mike Smith for uh, Edmonton and you got um, uh, Cam Talbot of Calgary who used to be with Edmonton and all this. And so now, uh, you know, uh, uh, Smith comes out to center ice and he's waiting. Should there be a fight? And then Talbot's like, let's go. We're all, they're already getting their asses kicked anyway. And now the goalies go at it. And of course, everyone is like, what the hell? But nobody's turning away. Nobody's turning their television off. No one's saying, hey, to put those cameras on somebody else like they used but to. Is that the point? No one's disgusted by it. People are, it's like a train wreck. It's like, don't look, but look. And this bloodlust is this part of hockey that you're never going to get rid of. That even when people go, oh, I can't watch this. You know, and there are people that are just really, that are not, disgusted isn't the word. Their stomachs churn. When they see, like, punching and blood and stuff like that, and you don't want to see that. A good hard hit is one thing, but not that. Right, a good clean check. is Hockey's physical. There's, yeah. But after you and I, we, we watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary, right? It's, yeah. it's just, it's hard. It's, it feels different. Of course, we all stood up and went nuts when this happened in right. the 80s and, and 90s, really. Right. But now it does feel different. It, it just feels a little it more. It feels different because the enforcers, the guys who fought, who were known as being fighters, are the ones that are dying and suffering from CTE. Right. Right? There are other players, of course, that are suffering from this that were not fighters that got slammed into the boards. Oh, sure. Got, you know, whacked coming across. Eric Lindros was not a fighter. Right? And... Believe me, I don't know if he's suffering from, right. you know, I don't know. But or, I mean, or his brother who had, or his to, retire, brother who had to retire uh, for, so early. for fear of developing CTE, which I believe at that time, no one really knew much about at all. It's just that he kept getting concussions. Right. And they said to him, look, uh, you can't keep taking blows to the head. And all the changes in sports and all that. But yes, there are still a number of people that were like, how can you root for hockey like that? How can you sit in front of your television and openly cheer for two guys punching each other, especially two goaltenders? This isn't what hockey's all about. But you loved it. I did. I'm sorry to say. I feel, <laughs> and I don't feel bad about it. Obviously, you're not in favor of this old time hockey, but this came around because Matthew Kachuk 
turtled when he should have taken his medicine. If you're going to fire, you're going to, uh, if you're going to blindside guys and throw checks like that, you better be prepared for that. And all the players all adhere to the same code. And that is which one of us is going to stick up for our teammate who just got blasted. Do you wish there was more of that? Because remember, you call, you called the pot van fight, right? Yep. The uh, the famous pot van Hel- pot van Hextall. Oh, that was classic. <laughs> no, no, no. And I, I I will admit, when I watched that, it was yeah. the best thing I ever seen. Right, because you're a Leaf fan and you wanted Hextall to get the crappy. And we were we were ignorant to the right. The, see, no, the see, no, and blows to the head. Right, exactly right. See, no, nobody complained when Jerry Cheevers, a goaltender, fought Forbes Kennedy. Okay, a forward. Nobody complained because all the Boston fans reached over the glass. This is back in 1968, I think it was. But I just remember going, holy cow, what the hell is going on here? Right? Usually take a guy that's similar to you, a goon, a brawler, doesn't take a little guy and start fighting with him. You pair off with a, you know, someone of, of equal. And if, right. God forbid, you take on a guy that's smaller than you, you're just asking for it. You're asking for it. So when Dougie Gilmore got clobbered by Marty McSorley, and Wendell Clark said, wait a second. Right. Every Leaf fan went, good for you, Wendell. Not one Leaf fan said, no, 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 Wendell, don't do that because fighting's not. But now, mm-hmm. the player, a player like a Wendell Clark, not Wendell, but would take a beat and go, okay, what's the consequences here? Am I going to cost my team a game, a penalty? What do, and there's a split second. Back in the day, it was like, there's no split second. This is the code. You go after our ta- most talented player? You thumped little 155-pound Dougie Gilmore? Okay? You're Marty McSorley. You're 235 pounds. You're taking on little Dougie? Right. You're going to get it. And that's why no you're, one went at Gretzky. Yeah. You're Rick Tockett, and you're big boy, and you're going after our, I forget who he, it might have been Gilmore as well. You're asking for it. You don't do stuff like that. Wendell would come to the rescue. There are very few guys. That but if I may, and I don't, I'm, please don't accuse me of being some bleeding heart uh, liberal or something, I'm but uh, we haven't had the fight. Like the, I watch those fights on Twitter, okay? But we haven't had that lately no. I, I have not missed it like i never had no this no, whole, no no oh, i, I missed the no i agree at the game at the end of the games ah, i would have been a better game if there were a couple of fights but you know when stuff starts to percolate okay and they've also everyone has said this and there is a, a certain amount of truth to it would you rather they start hacking each other with their sticks right would you rather that type of play the play deteriorated into that type of game chippy they like to call it chippy Right. A chippy game is not a game with fights. A chippy game is a game with penalties and elbows high and spearing and slashing and all that crap with sticks where the refs let that stuff go and it deteriorates into one of those kind of a games. Whereas a lot of times the ref is probably like, you know what, I wish these two guys would just drop them and then we can get on with the game. Just drop them, get, you know, get it out of your system and let's get back to playing hockey instead of all this other build-up stuff like that. Where he speared me or he butt-ended me and he's, you know, he took a run at me and all that cheap sh- stuff. You know, there were many times where I was hoping that somebody would drop the gloves and go after Kadri just to get that nonsense out of the game in the playoffs. But of course, you fight, nobody fights in the playoffs. Right. Anyway, so that's it. Not right. since the Habs Nordiques. Man, that's the last time they had well, the big best, The best was when they came out for the warm up and the, and the officials weren't on the ice yet. Officials hadn't been on the ice yet. And they started, right. everyone started pounding at each other. And the fans are going, well, I, I believe the television broadcast was in commercial. And when you ca- they came back from commercial, it was like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, let's go what's going on here. While you were away, there's battling. And, wow. you know, I can imagine the director going, okay, camera one, give me a close-up of those two guys. And camera four, give me get, you know, fights breaking out all over the ice. But that wasn't hockey. That was slap shot stuff. But you know as well stuff. as I do that if a guy is taking liberties 
And and you know the same is true in baseball. You're throwing you're throwing at my guy. Yeah, but I remember you're you, throwing at my guy. I'm sorry, you can't throw at my guy. That's a fifteen. But you're an advocate 20. of throwing at the head. I uh, was no, no, no. I was too. never an advocate of throwing at the head. I was a I was an advocate of letting the guy know that I didn't like the fact I I didn't like the fact that you were trying to take our best guy out. So I'm just giving you a little warning. Don't How's get, he letting don't, him out? He's not sending don't a letter. get too comfortable at the plate. <laughs> don't get don't dig in at the plate because one might come up. So you, a chin music. In on you. Hey, listen, chin music. You want me to tell you something? You you know you look at any of the ball players, any any, and especially the young black players coming up, being like back in the fifties or the forties and fifties when the the color line was broken, they knew that the first couple of not just the first pitch, but the first couple of pitches were going to be right at their head. What's the difference between the chin music you're describing now and and throwing at somebody's head? Well, throw, throwing at someone with the intent intent of hitting them is much different than brushing them back. And any pitcher that's got reasonable control knows. That you can throw a ball up and in, but not at a guy. You throw the ball behind the guy, it's, right? It's that's a different a story. That's a slope that's, there. that's a bean ball. But any pitcher that's got reasonable control. Now, and again, they'll say to you, look, hit him. Hit him in the buttocks. Aim below the waist or aim right for the hips. Like in the thigh. Yeah, right? Sure. Okay. And, and, and Mike, go ahead and measure between your thigh and your head. How many inches are we talking about here? Any pitcher with reasonable control, and this is the major leagues we're talking about, can put one right in a guy's ribs. Right in the rib cage. Okay, back them off the plate. But that's part of the game for years. But anyway, in hockey, the equivalent is you're taking a run at my guy, you're going to pay for it. In tennis, Novak Djokovic needed five sets to dispose of Dominique Team in the final of the Australian Open. Uh, I didn't get to watch any of these matches because they were all on at 3.30 in the morning. I think that really hurts this tournament because does, even when Milos well, was well, in the quarterfinal. In North America. It does in North America. Yeah, I, I, I speak from a Toronto centric. Of course, uh, and so do I. And you're <laughs> right. And who's, you know, who's staying up at 3.30? Milos was in the quarterfinal. Yes, he was. How much did you hear about this? Like it, it felt like it was well, yeah, except for the tennis faithful. It didn't make the noise it should have made because it was at three a.m. and true, true. only the true diehards in this country were well, tuned right. in. You been, weren't tuned in. Had it been Wimbledon or the French Open, which is only five hours ahead of us, we right. certainly would have gotten more play. But anyway, um, and he lost to Djokovic, who ended up going. Is there any consolation if you lose in the quarterfinals to the guy who ends up winning the whole tournament? I think there is. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, it's it you, you lost to the you, eventual you lost winner, to the best, the eventual champion. You got beat by the eventual. He was on it, and we know, all knew he was going to lose. He was the champ that year. Yeah, I think right. we all did. Um, so anyway, Joker has now won eight Australian Open titles, seventeen majors in total. That's just two behind Rafa Nadal and only three back of the current goat, Roger Federer, who has twenty Grand Slam victories. Wow. So pretty soon we're going to have to start calling Djokovic the greatest Joker, the goat. Because it looks like, I mean, he needs three to tie Federer. It looks like he's going to surpass both Nadal and Feds if he keeps this up. And a few years ago, we, you know, we were, no one was going, oh yeah, Federer is going to get overtaken by Djokovic when he had nine. He's got nine. But geez, this guy's yeah. the favorite going into every single major. Think of these big three. This is what an era. This is the big, the big yeah. three and how dominant they've been. But this Dominic Team is uh, attempting to break in. And, you know, as, I mean, obviously as they all grow older, especially Federer and Nadal, the top two, um, you know, they're less likely to hang on to that, you know, uh, top three ranking. And, you know, this is where Andy Murray for a few years before he got injured was a part of that group there, tried to make yeah, it Yeah, for a little four. bit, yeah. yeah. And now Dominic Team, a heck of a player. I just hope history is kind to our Milos Ranich, who uh, had to play in the heyday of these big three. Like, huh? like, well, look, you're, but but by contrast, you're looking at Shapovalov and Felix Ojeda-Aliassime, who, when they they become their into their prime, which again we don't know. I mean, if they reach their prime at the ages of 23, let's say, right? One's 19, the other's 20, going to be 21. So two years from now, how effective will Federer and Nadal be? Maybe the big three will be Djokovic, um, 
team and OJ Aliassim, Shapovalov. I don't know. But anyway, it's yeah. interesting. It's fun to watch. Definitely. On the women's side, even more fun. Because again, you know, uh, no Bianca Andrescu, who would have been the favorite here. By far. All right? By far. Because the woman that she beat in the semifinals of the Rogers Cup, Sophia Kennan, ended up winning her first Grand Slam title, beating Gabina Mugarutha in three sets to claim her first Grand Slam victory. She's 21 years old. Mm. So yeah, you got a lot of youngsters. Uh, and she's one of the few players to have defeated Bianca Andrescu in a match last year. Beat her in a, I think it was a 250 series or 500 series in, I believe, Acapulco it was. And then lost to her in a very exciting um, semifinal at the Rogers Cup before um, Bianca went out and beat Serena, who retired from the match. Right. So Sophia Cannon, 21. But the thing I love about it is she's been a tennis fan for years. Her family, there's pictures of her being hugged by uh, um, um, the Belgian player, and I can't think of it. Kim Kleisters, for example. There's all these pictures of, of, of Sophia Cannon from a decade ago and, and, and beyond, when she was 8, 9, 10 years old as a little tennis star. And now here she is, 21, and she's the Australian Open champion. Um, and it, had Bianca been healthy, I'm sure she would have been able to win. She would have likely been maybe not the number one seed. That was Ash Barty. But instead, she rested her knee, and she's ready to represent Canada at the Fed Cup, which is this week, Friday, Saturday, in Switzerland against the Swiss. Whether she actually sees any action remains a question mark. So this is the thing, Mike. She Not only was she nowhere close to being ready to play in the Australian Open, but I don't think she's close to being able to play mm. in the Fed Cup. It's great that she's on the team, but the rest of the team features Jeannie Bouchard, Leila Ann Fernandez, who was just in the Australian Open, uh, and double specialist Gabriela Dabrowski. So um, her coach, Sylvain Bruno, said we're not making any decisions at this point. She's eligible. She's on the team. One thing's for sure. She's only going to play if she is perfectly, perfectly ready. If she's just close to being ready, she will not play. That's the right call. Absolutely. TSN might have to fire some folks in the PR department or give them an admonishment with the wagging of the finger, Dikembe Mutombo style. Don't do that again. Not in my um, house. After they sent out a tweet the other day, supposedly to commemorate Black History Month. In the tweet, TSN says, quote, TSN will celebrate the achievements of black Canadian athletes, highlighting their stories and showcasing their impact in shaping the history of Canada, end quote, on the tweet. Now, the accompanying photo collage has the TSN logo and shows the likes of Willie O'Ree, Grant Fuhrer, Ferguson Jenkins, P.K. Subban, Jamal Murray, and other black men, but does not feature any reference at all to females of color. And that brought out a ton of complaints from folks wondering what happened to the stories of Angela James, Charmaine Hooper, Kia Nurse, Perdita Felicien, and other proud yet overlooked black, female, Canadian athletes. What the hell? <laughs> this was a PR disaster, Mike, especially from a network that, quite frankly, has not showed a great deal of inclusion when it comes to promoting people of color on the air. I can't speak for off the air, <clears throat> but on the air. Has not really shown that. And so that's a slap in the face to anyone that's trying to advance any... any uh, a, a black woman that's trying to advance in in athletics and also in sports casting, in sports journalism, in sports television. Am, am I not wrong here? 
That's terrible. No, my brain's now thinking <clears throat> of a, a female uh, woman of color, Canadian woman of color on TSN, and Kayla Gray jumps right away because I saw her yesterday. Right. She <laughs> took over for uh, Dan, Dan O'Toole, who's got, poor guy. Guy got doesn't get sick for 20 years, gets the flu, and now has vertigo. Poor guy. I saw that tweet from him. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, uh, right. Bad luck for him. But anyway, but you're so, yeah. right. There's not, a, there's not a, a plethora of women of color on TSN's airwaves. But no. I would say this This is uh, probably somebody who, this someone who manages their Twitter account who made a bonehead mistake. Like, it just, I think this is somebody who just completely thought about uh, Canadian athletes of color yeah. and thought about all the major sports that this person probably follows, you know, baseball, hockey, you know, the typical sports that uh, a typical guy might follow and completely overlooked like the uh, Olympic sports, for example, or Angela James because she could she play in the NHL. But how, like, but this is stupid and it never should have been published. But, but this is uh, what I don't understand. How, I mean, you're talking about their social media account. Right. Right? You're not talking about, um, it was on the telecast during the course of Sports Center. They took a, you know, there was a commercial break. They came back and they said, this month we're celebrating people of color, uh, great sports athletes, and then show a bunch of highlights of only guys. Yeah, it was a tweet. <clears throat> it was a tweet. tweet. Yeah. But not just a tweet. TSN has, you know, hundreds of thousands, I haven't, I don't know the number, of followers. But still, on just their a social tweet, media though. account. But you say just a tweet. Would that tweet have reached more people than the promo that ran during Sports Center at 11 p.m. on a Thursday Only night? Only because, because it was deleted, right? They did. They eventually, oh, did they? yes, they deleted this. Well, they they didn't correct it. Uh, I think they corrected it. I think they published a new one with. Uh, I'm not sure which woman made the cut, but they did make publish a new one, I believe. But I think what happened because people like yourself caught this and were offended. I saw Perdita, for example, tweet about this. It was screen capped and then it, it's the right. Streisand effect, right? Like it just sort of got more but, attention. But what Perdita said the, uh, was, but Perdita said was, I give you my permission to use my image in these promos. It was right. like, you know, no, you know, if you would have come to me and said, hey, Perdita, we'd like to include you. I'd be more than happy to, because I'm a fairly high profile, um, you know, woman of color <clears throat> who represented this country. Yeah, world champion. <clears throat> world champion, exactly. Hurdler, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> married to Morgan Campbell, by the way, who just took a bow from the Toronto Star. Yeah, they've only been married for a short time, a couple of years. They I had think. a baby, uh, but I think that's a fun fact. <laughs> that is a good fact. So, yeah, so somebody, I don't know if they'll be fired, but somebody will be spoken to about uh, the, the image that was shared on Twitter Men only, because of course that is to me that's not inclusive. You need to uh, recognize our great women of color and athletes as well. Right, right. But it is just a tweet. I'm not trying to minimize it, but it wasn't like they put a whole documentary on the air in prime time and forgot to mention we have uh, great athletes in this country, women of color as well. Well, again, and I haven't seen the documentary or how I don't know how it's formatted. Is it in? Is it um, uh, like a bunch of different stories? So one every day during Black History Month that we're going to celebrate a Canadian. Uh, a black athlete or I mean, how's that work? And, and was it not, if it was pre-produced did not someone say, Hey, let's, you know, let's get the Angela James story in there. Let's get the Perdita uh, Felician. How about the Desiree Scott story there or the Charmaine Hooper story or the Charmaine right. Crook story or the, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't know either, but that's a big mistake, and uh, they've been reprimanded. I hope, I hope they were taken out back in a shot. We expect to be able to update this story for you on our next episode of Hebsey on Sports. That's oh. it for episode number 170, though, unless you had something to add, did you? <laughs> I, almost, I almost pressed the wrong button. Uh, my apologies for that what would one that button, second delay. What would that button have, uh, if had you pressed that button, what would have happened? We would have heard Lois do the low. Now, <laughs> I want to take a stopwatch. What was my delay? It might have been half a second. That's how precise our No uh, one would have known. Had here. you not mentioned that, no one would have noticed the production error at all. But I could tell the twinkle in your eye. You're yes. Like, that was an extra half a second. Yeah, right? yeah. 
<laughs> it was at closer to one second. So that's it for episode 170 of Hebsey on Sports. And thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike, my buddy, for production and inspiration and button pushing. <laughs> and thanks for allowing us into your headspace back with another exciting episode shortly. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.